Sounds Familiar, a podcast where we discuss two pieces of media that share themes, plot points, or overarching ideas. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram to keep up to date with our upload schedule, news, and discussions. Take your seat, grab your popcorn, and silence your cell phones now. Please enjoy the show. Welcome to Sounds Familiar. My name is Caleb, and I collect mold, spores, and fungus. My name is Stephanie, and I'm in the mood for a little vivisection. There is no Justin, only Zool. Oh no, they got Justin! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, does that mean Justin's the gatekeeper? You trying to be my key master? master? (laughs) (laughs) Me and Caleb will duke it out. Technically speaking, you couldn't do it. Um, I will try my damnedest, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, if it wasn't obvious, this week we are we are uh, discussing two ghost-fighting, supernatural-busting... Yeah, technically both of them are about people who have, like, ghost paranormal businesses. Business. Yeah, like paranormal. paranormal investigators. Right, right. Ghostbusters and... The Frighteners, mm-hmm. a movie that many people have forgotten exists. Even though it, it's made by, like, all the same people who made the Lord of the Rings trilogy, know, which is kind of insane. It's a Peter Jackson, Robert Zemeckis film. Go figure. <laughs> Peter Jackson going back to his uh, spooky roots. Um, if you remember yeah, on our Halloween episode, we talked about his first movie being Dead Alive and or Brain Dead, depending on if you are from New Zealand or not. <laughs> I have not seen those. Nor do I really want to. However, I I have recently seen Heavenly Creatures, mm. which I can see sort of the the similar filmmaking style to this one. It's a little less zany <laughs> and a little well, I don't know. It has its zany elements, but it's a little darker and based on a true story. Um, but yeah, but uh, none of them seem very Lord of the Rings like, which is kind of funny. But oh well, not really. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, okay, so let's see. We're we're still kind of playing around with our new format, so... We're going to start off with a quick summary of Ghostbusters. Yeah, okay. All right. It's the 1980s. We're at the height of the Reagan era. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, boy, are we going to talk <laughs> about that? I have been watching Ghostbusters for as long as I can remember. Probably from maybe a little too young. I don't know why Ghostbusters had a resurgence at some point in the mid-90s. I'm not sure when the cartoon came out, but that may have had something to do with it. Um, I had an Ecto-1 and some Slimer stuff, so I've been a Ghostbusters fan literally for as long as I can remember consuming media. Wow. Um, It was also the first cosplay I ever made. Nice. Nice. Justin? Uh, About the same boat as Caleb. Um, Saw this movie fairly fairly young um and then i didn't uh, i didn't have the toys or anything and i wasn't watching it regularly uh like right after the first time i saw it but i rediscovered it when i was about 12 and i have watched it every year of my life since (laughs) (laughs) i never saw it until i started dating caleb i wasn't even really aware of it except for like i guess i kind of knew the song Eh. i like the song the song is great (laughs) 
Um, That'll be the only positive thing she has to say about the movie. That's not true. The thing is, most of the positive things I have to say about the movie, everyone else has already said and says frequently, whereas the negative things don't get said nearly as much. So maybe that's why I seem like I have more negative things to say about it, despite the fact that I do also have positive things. So, meh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll we'll get into that in a minute. Um, All right. So who's uh, summarizing the film for us today? I will attempt Justin can supplement. Okay. He has the webpage pulled up. It is the 1980s and the height of the Reagan era. Uh, Mm. Three paranormal scientists... um, are doing something uh (laughs) they've they've been given grants to work for i don't remember which college in new york um and they get columbia thank you justin uh they get the stanky boot um and decide to go into business for themselves because they have uh, essentially confirmed the existence of the paranormal um of ghosts um so they go into business busting ghosts um, a, lot of peop- <laughs> a lot of people think they're a hoax, um, and uh, various supernatural entities get released, uh, one of them being not a ghost, but an actual god, but apparently there's little to no difference in this universe. Um, and the What is a god if not just a really powerful ghost that was never a human? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's the, the, this god wants to return to the mortal world and destroy it. And the Ghostbusters have to stop him. And that is the simplest summary I can give. There are, you know, other plot points, but as Patrick Willems points out, has pointed out, Ghostbusters isn't really about anything we need to link that we'll link video. that we'll, it'll, we'll discuss it more yeah and we'll link it in the description um it's just a movie about busting ghosts <laughs> and i love it for it's it. a movie about busting yep it's a movie about busting i'm gonna get this joke out no of the we'll way. also link the song i'm gonna get this joke out of what? the way uh ray has a dream about a ghost giving him a bj because busted makes him feel good I'll see you next week. Wow. That was great, Justin. Thank you. Do you know how many years and how many rewatches it took me to realize that that was like a dream sequence? I was like, what the fuck is going how on here? How disappointing, this right? time, I paused it. I was like, okay, he's got shoulder pads. He he has a cutlass. He's, he's in a four-poster bed. <laughs> it is. It's easy to miss. It is. Yeah, it's but, just uh, one uh, wavy wipe away from missing it. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, I don't know, if you're out there interacting with ghosts on the daily, the least you could hope for is to get a blowjob, right? But even my mans can't even get that in real life. <laughs> Very sad. I mean, we'll discuss the types of entities that ghosts are in this movie versus the Frighteners when we get to our comparison points. Yes, um, the rules are a little the, different. The, the rules of the afterlife and the way ghosts behave are very different between these two movies mm-hmm. um diving right in opening scene iconic so good so spooky and it f- it's so good it feels like it's from a completely different movie yeah yeah i'll give you that yes i'll give you that I like the movie that the opening scene is setting up. Yes. When, whenever the few it scenes, the few scenes when this movie actually tries to do supernatural horror like this and um, both of the scenes in Dana's apartment, top notch horror. 
like they're they're really good. They're but they feel like they're from a completely different movie. Yup. That's that's all I got about that. There's <laughs> Yeah, this this movie is light on the scares, though. Obviously, that's intentional because it's a very straightforward comedy. Um, I don't know. The scariest thing is Bill Murray's hairline. (laughs) I'll be here all week, folks. (laughs) All right, Bill Murray is a sleazy, sarcastic jerk, as always. What a revelation Um, for His teammates are Dan Aykroyd playing a, I don't know, kind of nervous, jumpy guy. Um, nerd and Egon, God bless uh, Egon. Uh, Harold Ramis, the late great Harold Ramis, straight. Uh, love him. Just playing him totally straight, nonplussed, not phased by anything. He's the sexy um. one, <laughs> in my opinion. He's the only one I want to hear talk for more than a few seconds. Um, but er, uh, they're all, all their hair is similar, so I can't really judge him on that front. Um, Ernie Hudson, who was introduced way too late in the movie, in my opinion. Um, yep. Yeah, so fantastic job, <laughs> fantastic. My job. man is in like two scenes. <laughs> I yeah, he, I he shows up to apply for the job, and then it is multiple scenes later before he is seen again. I don't really understand the addition of that character. Like, I would understand if they brought him in early on in the film, uh, but I don't understand yeah. adding him at that point, especially when they do so little with him. I know. He's, He's there a... so he can say that line to the mayor. <laughs> God, which one? <laughs> I've seen shit that'll turn you white. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a pretty great line. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I I think he's a fantastic um, ground to the other three who are such big like uh, comedy archetype characters. Um, he's a really good ground to them, and... Uh, I love this movie. I have next to nothing negative to say about it, but I will say that uh, 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 Winston being introduced earlier would have made that dynamic between the team just that much more funny and grounded. Um, earlier yeah, that's in the, movie. the kind of character they needed way earlier on the the grounding character. Okay, um, one note that I made about this movie that I'm just I'm curious if you know anything about this um this movie does a very interesting thing with the crossing of sci-fi like science fiction and the supernatural like ghosts exist but we're approaching it from a scientific point of view mm-hmm. um yeah it, it does double down very hard on the whole ghosts can be defeated via scientific means right they're a quantifiable <laughs> right thing mm-hmm. um they're a physical non-physical entity or something so as opposed to like other movies where like the frighteners where they they try to defeat the villain by taking their ashes to hallowed ground Mm -hmm. um ghostbusters are like eh, we're just gonna strap some uh, some you know unlicensed nuclear accelerators to our back and you know theoretically this will work god bless reagan's america (laughs) um Uh, the uh yeah so uh, really uh, you're right the only reference to this being like um supernatural in a religious sense is the scene which is one of my favorite scenes in the movie where um uh ray and Win- uh, winston are in the car mm-hmm. and they're talking about uh the book of revelations um that's the only time that they even like play with that other than being like oh it's an ancient god from samaria like yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just curious as to like the history of this crossover in film i you know 
in film i can't um speak to it too much other than like they were so closely related sci-fi and supernatural horror like as far as the people who were into that that it was almost destined for them to crossover eventually but uh i do know dan Aykroyd's uh parents if i'm not mistaken were super into like um ufo chasing and supernatural investigations so like he's always had that uh scientific aspect of looking at spooky things uh in his life um dan Aykroyd's influence is all over this movie uh from that to the soundtrack his love of um blues and big band uh are really uh influence yeah the goofy goofy god i love it soundtrack in this movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah like the 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 first time they meet the the librarian ghost as soon as it like scares them cue the big band music Mm -hmm. as they're running away (laughs) um no i just i don't know that that struck me as fairly unique like now you know in the modern day we've got doctor who which i would say fills that niche fairly well because doctor who does that to a fault yeah right anytime there's a super spooky episode and you're like oh crap there's a really scary ghost in the end the doctor's like oh there's this scientific blah 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 and i'm gonna make yeah, it go away with my which i'm not the biggest fan no of, it kills but it kills the horror aspect of it yeah but we're not here to bitch about doctor who though i could do that for an <laughs> entire episode yeah we'll do that at some point um, yeah, that it is kind of interesting because at that point it's like they might as well not even be ghosts because they don't really behave the way we generally think of ghosts in our, at least in our popular culture. I, I don't know. They might as well just be like aliens or parasites or something. Right. The, the ghosts in this movie don't seem... Ghostly? They don't seem very... Like, they're not just a floating conscience, con- consciousness. They're more, like, sense memories, almost. Something left over. Like, Slimer was probably the ghost of some fat guy, and the only thing that was left over was his love for food, and so it's just a single... Th- they're animals. They're not, f- they're not yeah. fully formed conscious entities. That would yeah. be kind of interesting if the movie got into that a little more, because yeah. that's kind of an interesting concept. And I know some, like, ghost lore does kind of take that approach more is like not so much that they are a conscious entity um or even a soul so much as that they're kind of an echo of something that was uh, that it is more of just a force of nature yeah i think the only ghosts we see in the movie that are actual um people are the uh library ghost at the beginning and the uh the skeleton taxi driver guy um yeah which is why I wonder why those ones were, and that I don't, well, the, I don't know. Well, Ray fills us in that there are different categories of categories of ghosts, mm-hmm. right? Because they they categorize Slimer. Uh, do you remember what he was, Justin? Oh God, he's a class four free roaming, non repeating vapor, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's something I love in the movie, so you don't question it too much. Like, and of course, we're going to now that the movie's uh, however many years old. Um, but all of the uh, all of the techno jargon that they just constantly throw at you, so you're like, it's I science. It. Don't think about it. <laughs> like I go check the usual uh, literature, you know, Sp- Spates catalog, Tobin Spirit guy. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> or um, when uh, when um, Lewis when Lewis Tully is uh, possessed by uh, 
Vince Clortho, and he's just spewing all sorts of stuff at Egon. I love it. It's like, I tell you, many Slurs and Zools knew what it was to be roasted in the belly of the Slur that day, I tell you. (laughs) Uh, I I love um, uh, Harold Ramis' character. Or not Harold Ramis', sorry, uh, Rick Moranis. Uh, Yeah. I love Lewis so oh, much. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, he was at his most Rick Moranis-y. I also, I, I love that um, Zool possesses Dana, and Zool is like a very sexy demon, and Vince Clortho is a child. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love his movements. I love, he's like slightly hunched over, like with his shoulders forward, constantly looking back and forth, like he has no <laughs> idea what he's doing. <laughs> It's hilarious. Like, he he's picks like up a, a jar of popcorn and he's sniffing it. Yeah, he's like a giant squirrel. <laughs> so good. Um, now, speaking of those two, this movie does something I'm going to qualify as icky with the two of them. Something because singular? It's. I know, it's, I'm, I'm, it's kid- I'm kidding. Thing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Whereas, like, he's clearly into her and she's just tries to let him down easy because, you know, they live right down the hall from each mm-hmm. other. And then guess what? Bada boom, he gets to have sex with her without, like, neither of them remember it. She didn't consent. He didn't initiate. But still, it was there. And, like. So the movie is like, haha, see, it happened yeah, anyway. It's like, haha, he, yep. It, yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> is yucky. <laughs> but I'm I'm God Sigourney Weaver deserves better than this role. I'm not gonna necessarily say deserves better than this movie because it's not that I don't think the movie is good, but she deserves better than this role because this role is some bullshit. Okay, like, let's get into it. Let's get into uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get let's into talk it. Talk about it, Dana. Yeah, please, God. She is a strong, self-possessed woman who is in a orchestra plays in the orchestra God, Sigourney Weaver um, just looks like a goddess the entire time she's so tall she towers over everyone else around her and then she looks beautiful she, needs she help. sounds confident like and Bill Murray sh- goes to help her and like the first thing the only thing he does while he's in her apartment is neg her she's that like, scene stresses okay. me out so she's much. like okay my fridge is a portal to a horrifying dimension of fire and demons and he opens it up he's like look at all this junk food I can't this man this looking the way he does this man has the, the nerve to talk to Sigourney Weaver whatever her name the, is Dana the, the only thing Bill Murray has is what Stephanie the audacity god <laughs> I can't I that's I I can't I really can't like it's not so much that he's a, a skis ball about it because we kind of expect that from his character, but it's that not only does he get with her at the end, but it's also not really addressed. Like it's just kind of, she just kind of keeps talking to him and slowly warms up to him. There's not ever any point where he like consciously stops being that way towards her. I don't know. It it doesn't work for me at all. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe at the end of the movie, she was just like, well, this guy did save my life and New York and the whole world. So, I mean, I can give him one date. <laughs> right. And maybe if she said it like that, but instead it's, I don't know. I don't. I Justin, don't I don't suppose you recall from the, if the sequel reveals how long they date. I don't know. Because they're broken uh, up by the time the second yeah, one starts. Oh, good. They, it doesn't cool. last. They they separate. <laughs> Okay, to be uh, fair, I don't like when sequels do that, but I'll allow it in this case. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it when sequels ruin nice things from the previous movie, uh, unless there's a very good reason for it. But um, 
I'll just be petty in this case because I don't like them together. So there you go. <laughs> um, Justin, did you have something to say? No, I was just taking a sip of my Dr. No, Pepper. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, uh, I love Janine. Yeah, Janine's yeah. fun. She's hilarious. Uh, um, I ship her. her and Egon totally. Oh, yes. God, yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're the best. Yes, that one I'm fine with. That one I'm fine with. I love, nice her, I love her monotone, like, phone interviews. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. Marge, honey, I don't think he's coming back. <laughs> Atlantis throwback. Um, I love it. She cares so much about Egon. She's so interested in him. She's like, I'm usually very psychic. And I have a, horrible, a feeling that something is horrible going to happen to you. I, uh, Egon, I'm afraid you're going to die. <laughs> and he just I'd... doesn't react at all. <laughs> I don't feel that Annie Potts gets nearly the recognition uh, no, she deserves I love her. from this movie. She is. No, oh she, my God, that's a fun role. Yes. Um, when they first move into the to the firehouse, Dan Aykroyd has some really odd lines in this movie that are hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like, Shh, do you smell that? Like <laughs> in the library, <laughs> and then when they're in the fire station. He goes, does this pole still work? And then he and then slides jumps down on. it. And like, by, okay, if a pole is still standing and <laughs> being a pole, it is working. Like, it, it does not, it's not like a car. Now we're getting right? into the like philosophy of function, Caleb. Uh, yes, I, it's, it is almost a philosophical question. Yeah. Like, if a pole is upright... It is doing its. It is. It is being a pole. Well, <laughs> yeah. It works. It's like, like what he means is like, is, is it, it safe, safe to go but down? But he says yes. it in a funny way. With the way, way he phrases it. Yeah. He's, yes. He's such a little kid in that scene. He's just excited to be in a firehouse. <laughs> he he's a little kid throughout most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Hey, like I after don't Bill mind Murray gets slimed, yeah. he's like, "You got slimed. This is great. Actual yeah. physical contact." And Egon's like, "Save me some." <laughs> <laughs> Right, he's the one that he's kind of like the heart of the group because he's the yeah. one that's super like excited about everything. He's actually in it to be a scientist, right. whereas Bill Murray is what in is it he for, there for the money? Yeah, it's not like Question they're mark. That much money. <laughs> I don't know. Why would he? Why would he get two doctorates if I don't? If he was I in this don't. for the money, apparently to Paris, sleep with women. Parapsychology is probably not the most lucrative field. No, probably not. That's Though a, it is very niche. It, it it said that he has never um not like after he got out of college it's implied that he's only worked with colleges and i think he just picked a career path where he could do very little and just live off of grants like he he got I mean, his awesome. doctorate for the most slacker sleazy reason possible and that's on brand <laughs> <laughs> yes yes it is uh, that man doesn't seem to belong in academia to me, but what do I know? I don't believe that man's ever, ever been to middle school. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, you're right. Uh, Ray kind of uh, bridges the gap between Vinkman and Egon, because Egon is this very, like, unintentionally so cold, like, hard scientist, and Vinkman is... Yeah, he's a robot. Uh, yeah. Lazy piece of crap that we love. Uh, <laughs> and Ray is Mm-mm. the, Ray is the middle ground. <laughs> I never th- looked at it that way. You're right. That's a good point. Um, I love some of the early scenes with with Vink or with Egon, um, like 
referencing their backstory, like, uh, you remember that time I stopped you from drilling a hole in your head? He's like, I would have succeeded, too, if you hadn't stopped me. <laughs> that would have worked. <laughs> yeah, weirdly, we don't... I don't know. But the, this also kind of gets addressed, I think, in the Patrick Williams video we talked about. But there's weirdly so little to this movie in that, like, there's not really character arcs or character relationship growth or themes I guess there's kind of a plot, a little bit. Um, there's not really much going on. It's it's weird because it's like, with the characters being as different as they are, like, I guess I mean the, the, the main three and then four guys in the group, like, you would think there would be a little more conflict between them. There isn't? No, there's almost none. All the conflict is external. I just um, don't like that i just think yeah they don't have any dis- internal disagreements it's, or arguments right and i feel like you're if you have characters that are diff- that different you're wasting a little bit of an opportunity to i'm not saying that they need to have like serious fallings out but uh, falling outs whatever but that they we need to see a little more of their different approaches to this like since they're all going into business together and they're all fighting demons together i guess like it it would i feel like it would help illustrate the character a lot more um and and make things more interesting on screen if they like i don't know if they just like hit up against each other sometimes if yeah like, i mean you, you you would think that someone with a two people with scientific perspectives versus vinkman who is literally just there to hit on chicks um god yeah i mean he does do work he, he clearly goes on all the calls bit. with all of them uh, right and um, also um winston yeah, Winston, oh, and also more of his perspective. If he's supposed to be like the everyman, like maybe there's so a crucial moment, and this might actually happen. I don't really remember, but like where where his more grounded uh, approach is what saves the day, as opposed to their theoretical science. I don't know. It. I don't know. I just feel I mean, like he that, does help them get through to the mayor, kind yeah, of. Yeah, but that's the, like the, like the like a an old white man in the eighties is going to be most convinced to listen to the one black guy. Right. I just it, don't it know. It only if I helps buy so that. much because it was Vinkman's argument about saving the lives of registered voters that tipped him over the edge. Yeah. Yes, Winston yes. like I, opened the door. Uh, Vinkman sealed the deal by being gross about politics, which politics yeah. are gross. <laughs> <laughs> that's true um, um but I about the only time the... oh i'm sorry about the only time you see them um bump up against each other as far as uh uh them working together is when they're in the elevator at the sedgwick and uh <laughs> Egon's like this equipment's untested i blame myself and vinkman's like me too <laughs> yeah yes okay. and they switch on ray and slowly back second. up <laughs> yep that scene is one of my absolute favorites from like when they walk up to the to the elevators and that guy's like, "What are you supposed to be? Some sort of cosmonaut?" <laughs> yes, Murray that goes, scene is funny. Yeah, somebody saw a cockroach up on twelve. <laughs> Must be some cockroach. Bite your head off, man. Just, I just <laughs> I that interaction. <laughs> and then they get in the elevator and they're talking about the proton packs for the first time, mm-hmm. um, and how they're all unlicensed nuclear accelerators. Ah. And then Egon. <laughs> Like, Justin was just saying, Egon flips on Ray's proton pack and then, like, backs away as far as he can, which is, you know, like, a foot and a half further into the Uh, corner of the elevator. (laughs) Yes, some of the comedy is really good. I will will definitely give it that. Like, 
um, I don't know. We were talking a little bit about the the newer of uh, the 2016 Ghostbusters. And I, I, I said that the thing is most aspects of the 2016 Ghostbusters are better. I don't nobody freak out. I, I'm going to have an addendum to this. <laughs> most aspects of it are better, but the problem is the comedy isn't better. The comedy is better in the this script one. Is... Right, right. The script is not better. The script in this one is, is superior. So, and unfortunately, because both movies are so heavily based on being comedies, that that kind of supersedes everything else. Like, I do think the other one has a better plot and better characters and better most things, frankly. But the problem is that the script just isn't as good as this one. And um, that's such a crucial aspect that that kind of ends up shooting it in the foot. Um, all that is just to say that, yes, the script in this one is really good. I... <laughs> Like I've said, I think there is a lot more they could have done with it. But as far as being funny and engaging, it definitely is. I think, um, just while we're on the subject of the reboot, um, I think Ghostbusters is almost like a uh, lightning in a bottle situation. And by that, I just mean everyone on this original movie. um, And it comes across throughout every aspect of it. Everyone from the crew to the cast having a great time they know exactly what they're doing they're just making a goofy fun movie that's basically a vehicle for these uh, old snl writers and actors to yeah. have a good time and make a sci-fi ghost movie uh and everything's tight and funny um and it's just it's doing what it doing what it does and i think it hits every goal it's trying to hit there are things you can read into it that are a little problematic of course and things that um in terms of filmmaking and storytelling, like, okay, yeah, could have used this, could have used this. But what they were going for, I think they hit it right on the head. Um, I don't think you can do that uh, with this ever again, to the point that Ghostbusters 2 didn't hit the nail on the head. The uh, reboot didn't hit the nail on the head. We'll see how Afterlife turns out. Have no idea. (laughs) I'm going to go see it because I, I like my man Paul Rudd. Oh yeah, no, as, I'm, as I'm definitely as, seeing it. <laughs> as soon as the news dropped, they're like, "Oh, Ivan Reitman's son is gonna direct the next Ghostbusters." My only reaction was, "We're doing more Ghostbusters." <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and I think that's the like it's just what Justin said. The lightning in a bottle thing. It, the problem with continuing to endlessly remake it, it. This might be a little bit of a controversial statement, but the the concept itself is not like the best thing ever. It's kind of just. A concept, you know, like they're ghost hunters, but they ho- hunt ghosts with science. Like, okay, it's I, I guess it's a fun concept. It's definitely nothing that special. The it the thing is, the first one is really good, and the script is good, and the actors are really good in the roles. Like, so I don't really get why they keep remaking it because it's not as if the concept serves that many remakes. It, it I mean, I know why they do. It's obviously it's it's money, of course, but. I just, I don't, I think there's only so far you can stretch that, frankly, and they already did it fine the first time, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, why do they keep making Die Hard movies? God. (laughs) Now, that's a great question. I don't fucking know. Like, honestly, when we watched the end of Die Hard, I was like, why the hell did this any sequels? This is the perfect ending. Like, what? No, I got just brief aside about Die Hard. I love that first movie. I love Die Hard 1. It's so I, good. No, I it have, is good, yeah. I have seen 
Die Hard 2 once and Die Hard 3 once. And I was like, okay, I'm done forever. <laughs> oh, so you haven't seen the masterpiece that is Live Free or Die Hard? No, and I never will because it doesn't exist. <laughs> Only the first one does. <laughs> Die Hard is the perfect self-contained, never needs to have a sequel action movie. I guess, like, the the whole point, like, wasn't that... Like, maybe if the guy was, like, a secret agent or something and there was, like, kind of the suggestion of more adventures in the future. But the whole point was that he was, like, a regular guy who had to find his way out of an extraordinary situation. That doesn't merit sequels. That's a perfect self-contained story. Ah! Lots of people have probably <laughs> already like, said this. I don't know like why. It's like Castaway got a bunch of sequels Right! Yeah, exactly. Like Tom, <laughs> the Castaway cinematic Tom Hanks universe. sailing around the the world for some reason and just getting marooned on various <laughs> islands. Hold on. I, Hold on. Let's not sell this idea <laughs> short, Tom Hanks. Okay. You, know what? <laughs> you know what? Hold on. That sounds exactly like the Taken series. People just keep taking this dude's family. <laughs> no, I know. No, it's the same thing with Taken. And that's funny because Taken and Die Hard... Hey, pairing, huh? Hmm? Ah. Anyway, uh, that the thing about those is that in both situations, the 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 protagonist gets sucks into it, sucked into it because a family member is put into danger. That makes sense. That's a relatable motivation. But the thing is, once you're done with that, there is no reason for that story to continue because you've saved the person that you saved, and that's all you ever wanted to do. And you go back to your regular life. Ah! Hold on. I haven't seen John Wick 2, but do the bad guys kill the dog he got to replace the first one? No, 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 no. What? No. no. <laughs> Please, God, what? No. no. Oh, Stephanie, uh, are you unaware that the plot of John Wick happens because his dog gets yes, killed? Yes, I know that. I didn't. I I thought you were saying that two dogs get killed. No, that, I was making the joke that it just keeps okay, happening. Okay, yes. Okay, God, no, uh, that's awful. Don't even say that. Uh, the John Wick series uh, shows action movies how to have sequels. That's all I'm saying. All of those movies are great. <laughs> I yes, I have heard from what I've heard about that one. I I've gathered that the sequels are actually justified by like the events of the first one, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm not mistaken. Now that that is fine with me. Um, I do want to watch the John Wick movies at some point. I just am really hesitant about that first half hour. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Chief. Well, we'll um, uh, we'll find a way around it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I'll just I'll just start it after all that happens just knowing that it did happen and not I'll, having to see it i'll watch it first i'll uh write down the timestamp where you need to pause it <laughs> fast forward yes. and start it again i can i can do horror movies i cannot do adorable dogs getting killed <laughs> even if it's off screen so justin you should make a john wick no dog edit yeah <laughs> just a placard oh that comes up and it's like they kill his puppy and then the placard yeah. gets away. <laughs> some nice music plays in the back yeah it's like a silent movie so ghostbusters yeah anyways yeah back to that it's the whole point being that i just i like i understand why they rebooted it in 2016 and i still think that the meltdown that people had over that is the most hilariously terrible thing that has ever happened um, that being said, I don't think it needed to be remade at all. I don't, I frankly, I don't think it merited being remade. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of what I wanted to say to people who were being dicks about it. Be like, you know what? You're right. They shouldn't have rebooted it. It's not interesting enough to get a reboot. And that would have really made them mad. But I'm, I, I, I don't know. In as much as I give any dams about this new movie, I am 
worried that it is going to be to Ghostbusters what the rise of Skywalker is to mm. Star Wars, in that it's <laughs> like the people who own the movie rights to Ghostbusters being like, we're sorry about the last one. Please don't flame us online anymore. So an apology. Uh, yeah, I, like, I, we're sorry. We tried to make a movie with women and themes. <laughs> well, it's it, my thing is please um, stop bullying with- us. With these, uh, with reboots of classic franchises or uh, sequels to classic franchises, with the example I'm about to use, um, if the original, um, like cast and crew are heavily involved and they want to do something new with it, that's fine. That's why um, the two examples I'm going to use, uh, even though he didn't direct it, Sam Raimi was still very heavily involved with the Evil Dead remake. Fantastic remake, fantastic movie. Uh, Bill and Ted 3 came out this year, and I would have written that movie off entirely, uh, if it wasn't the original writer, the, the original director, like, the whole original crew from the first two movies, uh, coming together and doing it. That I'm fine with. If the, if people want to go back and revisit their old properties, um, that's fine. We all need money. (laughs) It's a tough economy. Um, yeah. But... I would rather see these filmmakers, um, like the uh, the cast and crew from the reboot, I would have liked to have seen them channel that energy into something all their own uh, and unique. I, yeah, I don't want, and I, I know a lot of people said that. Yeah, that's the thing. It's that, for me, the, the, the reason I am not a fan of most of the remakes that get done is not out of any sense of the sacred i don't give a shit about that um (laughs) it's more that just like if you are remaking something what is the artistic merit to remaking it now i will say that i think that the ghostbusters remake had frankly more merit than a lot of remakes that get done because at least it tried to do some things different like it didn't have the exact same plot and it gave us new characters yeah it obviously gave us new characters with a very different <laughs> quality Literally, that a lot of people were I, mad about i love holtzman i love Kristen wiggs character yes it's just it the script is uber right that, well and yeah and it's like It didn't feel like there was a really, like, really a vision for it besides, you know, just having SNL people do funny shit, which, to be fair, was also the (laughs) the whole thing with the original. But it's like, if you're going to do a remake, at least have a point in doing it and, like, do something different. I mean, that's the issue that I have with all the Disney Disney live action remakes, which Mm -hmm. I would love to talk about at some point on here. Um, It just feels like there's no vision, you know? It's just like... Uh, at least do something crazy, like kill off a character that wasn't killed off before, right. or like, or change the plot in some wild As way. As opposed to like the Lion King, which is same story, same characters, right, like but we're gonna make that. it uglier and with worse voice performances. <laughs> yeah. So like, I mean, what was gained here other than a billion dollars? Yeah, <laughs> that, I think we just answered our question. <laughs> but but yes, I, my my point being that I don't like. Really, I don't love the original Ghostbusters, and I also don't love the remake. I do think the hatred for the remake is embarrassing and overblown, uh, but I also don't think that there was any point to remaking it, so I guess do without what you will. Oh, Stephanie, are you telling me that fans, especially of franchises from their childhood, can be toxic? What? <laughs> 
Well, I would never insinuate a crazy mean, wild thing like that. You mean especially not ones that are male dominated, right? And from the 80s. Hmm. No, now you're just no. talking nonsense. And no, no one would ever crazy. make a movie as it's an nuts. apology to a prior movie that upset some people. <clears throat> I have one more nice thing to say about Ghostbusters. Star Wars. <laughs> oh, it's coming. It's no, coming. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm not talking about Star Wars on this until we put up a Patreon and people pay us money to no, listen no, no. to it. No, no, no. We're doing it next month, remember? The pairing I told you about? Okay, that's fine. I'll make an exception for that. Coming soon. <laughs> um, I had one more nice thing I wanted to say about Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yes. The practical effects in this movie just constantly blow me away. I love it. Um, like, uh, the cards in the library flying out of their shelves. The books moving are going from shelf to shelf. Mm. Uh, when the eggs on Dana's counter pop out of their shells and then start frying on the counter. That is the grossest um, shot in the movie, when the egg is just, like, bubbling out of the shell. I don't know why it, like, makes me sick a little bit. <laughs> what, you don't like a bubbly egg, uh, Justin? <laughs> the, 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 the arms that rip out of her sofa horrifyingly. Like, yeah. while it's moving... There were three arms. There were at least two people on that sofa while it was being dragged along the floor. I don't know how they did it. Um, <laughs> at the very end, when when Dana and Lewis <laughs> are encrusted in roasted dog carcass, what is that stuff made of? They, 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 they start tearing at it. It looks like stone, but there's no way it's actually stone. I don't know. What is the what is the marshmallow fluff stuff made out of? Is it just a ton of shaving cream? I believe, I, yes. Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> I, I, If I'm not mistaken, I believe it is just a shit ton of Barbasol. Okay. <laughs> it, it looks like it. Um, no, I was just paying attention to the effects through this movie, and I just, I don't know, I was constantly impressed. and like, how did they do that? Yeah, they are really good. All right, do we have any final thoughts? Justin, any notes that we didn't cover? Uh, uh, look, Stephanie? It, it's... It's Ghostbusters. It's it's your thing or it's not. I will forever love this movie. I watch it every year. It is comfort food. Uh, it is it is the fried chicken of movies for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but guys, wait, we didn't talk about the Reaganomics. Moving on. <laughs> no, I would have to. Oh, <laughs> Justin, Justin did some uh, some math. Uh, Justin it. found Ray mortgages his parents' house to uh, pay for their startup costs, and? and Justin did the math on. <laughs> oh, well, it, okay. So, oh God, uh, I do this from <laughs> time to time. I get fixated on something when I'm bored, and I'm and I just piddle around and find out. Uh, Egon, <laughs> piddle around uh, and find out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the inverse of fuck uh, around and find out. Ray mentions that uh, the interest rate on his loan is nineteen percent. Egon says uh, that the interest alone on the first five years is $95,000. So I did the math. Most uh, home equity loans are for a 20-year period. If five years is $95,000, that means his house that he sold is $2 million is what the bank gave him. Wow. Which actually explains... So he comes from money. uh, That explains how he was able to pay for all of the shit that they end up using the car, the highly, highly expensive <laughs> proton packs, all of that. Yeah. It, so it checked out. I was very impressed. And that's $2 million in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. 
Yes, to be fair, when I was talking about Reaganomics, I wasn't talking about finances so much. I was talking about the, shall we say, lionization of the private sector. I know. You've never worked in the private sector. I have. They expect results. Oh, yeah. That was super (laughs) funny. It was, you know, those egghead academics that you don't have to provide results like the red-blooded American working man or something. I don't think Caleb was... uh... Meaning that for a conversation about economics, I think he just wanted the audience to hear that I am a giant dork. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to segue into picking. Oh, on they Justin. already knew that. Uh, <laughs> I right? But I do. Uh, I do have to say, I don't know what it is. This isn't the only movie that does it. Uh, even things as recent as the Simpsons movie in 2007 do it. Making the EPA <laughs> the big villain. God. Um, which I'm sure they're a big government agency. I'm sure some terrible, terrible, fucked up shit has happened. But like, oh no, environmental regulation is bad. I swear, like the eighties and nineties, like would have you thinking that the EPA was out to get you personally, instead of like being the environmental protection instead of agency. making sure that toxic waste wasn't yeah. dumped into rivers. Exactly the way they make this the fucking whatever his fucking name is. Walter Peck. Yeah, the the like heel of every joke, and he's just a humorless asshole. Oh, we hate him so much because he's checks notes in charge of protecting the environment from you fucking weirdos. Ugh. <laughs> Justin, have you ever watched Ghostbusters on TV? Uh, surprisingly, no. So you're not familiar with the TV version of the dickless joke? Oh, what? You you What's told me about version? it. I <laughs> so in the scene in the mayor's office, um, uh, 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 b- 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 Ray Ray refers to Walter Peck as dickless, and uh, the mayor says, "Is this true?" And uh, Bill Murray goes, "It's true, Your Honor. This man has no dick." Um, and <laughs> On the t- on the TV version, um, Ray says something along the lines of, um, he calls him a rodent, famous rodent. I don't think it was Mickey Mouse. He might have said Mickey Mouse. He, he, he essentially calls him a rodent. And he, like, gets angry, and Bill Murray's like, it's true, Your Honor, this man is a rodent. And you're like, <laughs> and it's so dumb. It's, it's, it's about as bad as um, monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Uh, what? Oh, monkey! But wait, they they replace it with monkey fighting. Stephanie's not aware of the TV edit of Snakes no, on a Plane. No, oh. I'm not. I what? Monkey monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> Why didn't they say monkey fighting snakes on this monkey fighting plane? Or th- these Monday to Friday snakes on this Monday. To Oh my god. I don't know. I thought it's so funny to me. I think that's a good spot to take a break, don't you guys? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go ahead and do that. Okay, we'll All right, be back we'll after We'll catch you break. after the break with the Frighteners. Ooh. Spooky. Hi everyone, Justin here. Thank you so much for checking out our show. You may notice some audio issues during these early episodes as we're recording them in separate locations during quarantine. It is our intention to record in person once it's safe, but for now... We work with what we have. Please follow the recommended guidelines, wear your masks, stay safe, and enjoy the rest of the episode. Welcome back from our, potentially for you, very short break. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, and probably. we're going to talk about 1996's The Frighteners. How many of our Ooh. listeners do you think have actually seen this movie? Like, Not as many. To um, I had. I don't remember when I first saw this movie. It was sometime within the last ten years. Um, my parents have owned the DVD for as long as we've owned a DVD player. So like. 1999 probably um i was always vaguely aware that we had it and i think my mom liked it but it wasn't until i don't know i'm not sure when the first time i watched it was like i said sometime in the last five or ten years um yeah i think you and i watched it my junior year at vanderbilt because i remember sitting on my dorm room bed with you and watching it. Did I bring it? I bring a bunch of Halloween movies I to watch, probably. So. That yeah, that's probably what it was. I uh, that is in my memory, so I'm pretty sure that's when we watched it the first time. Okay. Yeah, it is. <laughs> huh. This is the third or fourth time I've seen it. This would be the third time because we watched it at Vanderbilt once. We watched it after the hurricane. In the hur- yeah, after the hurricane, around the same time that we watched Dracula. And then we watched it. Just okay, a few days so ago. I guess it's my third time. Mm-hmm. Justin, uh, second time for me. Uh, I didn't watch this movie until I was like already. I was in college already, um, and I was always. I say always. I was tangentially aware of its um, existence for a, like a long time, um, and then just one day in college, I saw it was on Netflix, I believe, and I was like, "Well, this seems like something I need to have seen." <laughs> And it was not. Uh, (laughs) This is not seminal viewing, people. (laughs) It is something. Uh, So then I watched it again today. (laughs) I enjoy it. Oh, you just watched it it today. Okay. It is. uh... I I don't even. This movie is such a hot mess. I just don't even know like what to. Why don't I give the plot summary? Yeah, like go ahead and do that. Sure, sure. After a car accident in which his wife Deborah was killed and he was injured, Frank Bannister develops psychic abilities, allowing him to see, hear, and communicate with ghosts. After losing his wife, he then gave up his, gave up his job as an architect, letting his unfinished dream house sit incomplete for years, and put these new skills to use by befriending a few ghosts and getting them to haunt houses in the area to drum up work for his ghost-busting business. Then Frank proceeds to quote-unquote exercise the houses for a fee. But when he discovers that an entity resembling the Grim Reaper is killing people, marking numbers on their forehead beforehand, Frank tries to help the people whom the Reaper is after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Uh, i say that's pretty... Yeah. It doesn't really get into all the other stuff that No, happens, like, there's, there's, there's a... There's that's a, the premise, yeah. There's a mystery. Right, which right. Which, I think this movie does its mystery pretty good, the, with the slowly doling out details. Justin's making a face. I can't tell if that's at my statement or if he's just wincing. <laughs> no, uh, my internet's starting to get shitty, but I'm, I'm still with you guys. I'm still with you guys. Okay. So let's just keep going. Please, um, stay with us. The, uh, the mystery, like, I feel like, I don't know, because it's very obvious who's killing people as soon as you get the story, um, with yeah. uh oh what's his face uh jake Busey uh <laughs> killing people uh it's like oh okay so he's he's the reason all these heart attacks are happening and it's like when it's revealed it's like oh well yeah of course um but that's yes, not to but say... I also the mystery of like frank and like who killed his wife mm-hmm. well see i don't know i'm with you and i'm not saying it's 
done bad necessarily because it's so telegraphed, but it's like, oh, okay, yeah, he killed everybody. Uh, uh, Frank is very upset about the numbers on the head. That's a thing that happens uh, when it dies. He's so upset, or when people get killed, he's so upset because it has some personal relationship to him uh because he thinks his ghost friends did it like to mess with him at the beginning of the movie um so when you put all that together it's like oh okay yeah that's that's what happened and it's still fun to watch making me feel dumb (laughs) but (laughs) it's fun to watch there aren't a lot of alternative options opened up is the thing. No, but it's like every time I watch it and like Dammers shows up and starts giving the story about um Frank and like the his wife's death, I'm like, did he kill his wife? I'm like I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a moron. <laughs> <No>. Um Okay. <laughs> the first note no. I Okay, this this movie aged much more visually did than Ghostbusters, even though Ghostbusters came out 12 years prior. Because it doesn't use nearly because as many practical effects. this movie has very early CGI. Yes, and, and a lot boy, of boy, does it look woof. <laughs> um, thematically, I think it fits in with the whole 90s spooky oeuvre mm. um, that we've been doing, but seems rather forgotten as part of that canon. Hmm. Interesting point. I'm not sure why. Which, I'm not sure if it's the relatively low quality forgettableness. Uh, I'm not really familiar with that many 90s spooky movies. Well. Do, uh, do you want to start? Should, yeah, yeah. Name some. Okay. Um, Adam Stanley 1 and 2. Okay. Uh, Justin, when did Beetlejuice come out? Was that the late 80s? I believe Beetlejuice was 88. But still, okay. it, it, it can count in that realm, late 80s. Similar time period. 90s. Same 10-year um, span. Casper. Uh, uh, Hocus Pocus. Casper. Um, hmm. A lot of these I haven't seen, but... Yeah. All of Tim Burton's uh, career. Uh, when did like, Edward Scissorhands <laughs> come out? Yeah. A lot of Tim Burton I, stuff. I believe that was early 90s. That feels early 90s. <laughs> I, yeah. I just feel like there um, were a lot of, quote-unquote, like Tim Burton-y spooky movies that came out in that decade. Yeah. Yeah, this does kind of seem to fit into that. I I almost said tonally, but I don't think this movie even knows what its tone is. So well, it, it's, spiritually, maybe. It's crazy that um, this movie is so forgotten, uh, not even considering its own merits, but just like directed by um, Peter Jackson, produced by uh, Robert, Robert Zemeckis. Zemeckis, starring Michael J. Starring uh, Michael, Michael J. J. Fox. Fox. Uh, yeah. Score by Danny Elfman. It has everything to make a huge blockbuster, and it's just no one yep. remembers this movie. <laughs> I've never heard anyone bring it up in conversation. It's... Mm-mm. I don't know. It... I don't know what someone would really latch onto about this movie. It's not even that I think it's a bad movie so much that I think it's kind of a forgettable one. Um, Like... Before I watched it this third time, I I had seen it twice, and still, watching it the third time, I could not remember most of what happened in it. Like, I just... Yeah. I just forget it every time. Yeah, I'm I'm with Stephanie. Like, And every time Special Agent Milton Dammers shows up, I'm like, oh, right. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Like, 
Let's, let's talk about Dammers for a second. I don't understand Because he character. is a weird motherfucker. Uh, now that seems yeah. to be intentional, but his role is also weird. His role is incredibly strange. He comes in about, what, halfway through the movie and is just there being weird and odd and creepy and has it out for Bannister. Um, That's which, pretty much all there is An to architect it. whose name is Bannister. <laughs> Come on, guys. Uh, um, okay. He's just like, he has now a I thing about cool. women yelling at him. Um, it's, it, it's, it's, it's like, it, I. It's just Which he gets weird over pretty. Character. He gets over that pretty quick, uh, his fear of women, because he's real rough um, with, uh, oh god, what is her name? Lucy. I didn't Later. even remember that. You that remember her name is so. Lucy? That see, it's more than me. Although he did watch the movie today. <laughs> yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really know what the purpose of that character was, other than to like deliver exposition, I guess. Yeah, he delivers exposition about Frank's wife's death, and I don't know is there to provide some tension about whether or not she'll be able to bring him back from his coma in time or not. Yeah. That, other than that, I don't really know. It, it's there. There is a lot of movie has time for this uh, going on here. A lot of like, why are we doing this? What is this ad? Yeah. Um, which I since which I'm glad he. Uh, I'm glad he's in the movie. Um, if only because him being there makes the. Um, the third act actually have some tension to it throughout the whole yeah, that's thing fair. from the minute um, from the minute Frank is frozen till uh, the end. He adds mm-hmm. a lot of pressure that wouldn't have been there otherwise, and so his character was necessary. They just did too much and not enough with the guy. Too much as far as like let's just make him a weirdo, and then not enough as in like story things with him. He was just kind yeah. of skulking around <laughs> no i agree um i was gonna say since since we have been talking about how unfamiliar this movie is we maybe should elaborate on the summary a little yeah um maybe we should, yeah. so we like from the point that there's a grim reaper figure killing people um uh several decades ago in this town there was a serial killer um and uh his girlfriend is now you know like I don't know, 30, 40 years older. I don't remember the time period. Um, and she's under house arrest with her mother and the serial killer's ghost has come back. And now he and his alive girlfriend are finishing his work, trying to rack up more kills than other famous serial killers. Um, and real hard hitting motivation there. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, Justin, do you think anything needs to be expounded upon (laughs) other than that? Like that's that's the big uh, reveal, and then Frank's wife really. was the first one uh, to be killed after their initial spree. Yeah, um, um, as part of the a main spree. a main character in the first half of the movie is Lucy's husband Ray, um, who is being a dick. Yeah, but I still feel bad he didn't have what happened to him coming. Uh, but then he's just he's like such coldly... a weird character in this movie. I. Mm-hmm. murdered and he's just kind of coldly I can't figure killed out. off 
and then just never addressed again. Lucy never even like mentions his name after that. <laughs> it, well, that's not true. There's an entire well, scene where yeah. where they have the three of them have dinner together. <laughs> Well, no, no, no. I meant like well, after yeah, is... after he storms off in the restaurant. After uh, his that's ghost the last time Lucy off. talks yes. about Ray. Yes, I. It's so it's weird, and the movie does kind of hand wave it a little bit with saying that their marriage had problems and stuff. Right, because she was saying stuff about you know uh, wondering if she had married the wrong person. Like right. clearly, she had been having doubts about the relationship before his death. It's just the whole thing is so weird and like kind of depressing, but it's like also trying to be funny. And it's just like, I, I don't like once again, tonally, the movie is, is at a really weird place because like just the concept of someone who's dead trying to talk to their wife who's on the other side of, you know, the great divide and like he can't speak to her and she can't speak to him even though they're right next to each other is like so incredibly heartbreaking but the movie yeah. kind of just treats it, it like it's nothing. And it plays know. it off almost as comedy but like it t- disregards that the dude in the middle who is being the translator is like disregarding most of what the dead guy is saying. It's so awkward. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, like, there's definitely, like, potential for comedy in that, and the movie hits on a little bit of it, but it never quite gets away from being kind of weirdly depressing at the same time. The, like, the only time that Frank tells the truth about what Ray is saying to his wife is uh, when Ray asks him not to tell the truth, mm, um, mm. which you can argue he may or may not have deserved that because he, he blew a bunch of her money on a bad investment. Mm. Um and as you know someone who was alive and has to deal with their repercussions you could argue that she deserved to know the truth but most of the time ray will say something and frank will just not well he'll just act like he's not there at all and just continue talking to his wife yeah he's like you're dead (laughs) and and the there's a dude who can talk to your wife for you and you can talk to him but you can't talk to your wife and you're trying to like talk to your wife and he's just sitting there hitting on her i know that's horrible It's just like from the minute uh, she orders the white wine instead of the red, and Frank's like, "Oh, she's gonna order red," or uh, uh, Ray's like, "Oh, she's gonna order red." We always get red. She orders white and says she never liked red. It just gets Ooh. sadder and sadder. From yeah, there. exactly. At that point, it's just like, man, this shit is just depressing. Like, it, yeah. So it's like, I mean, you do. It helps that it's pretty clear that she wasn't like super into him near the end and that their marriage really was on the way out. And that makes it more believable that she segues into a relationship with the Bannister. Um, but it's still really sad. Those few scenes where the right. And I mean, he's a total like joke of a character. Like he's like a douchey weird dude. Like who like it to me, he has the same energy of, um, the cop in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, where he's, like, bouncing all over the place and has this weird, like, jockey manic energy. If you've seen that movie, you know, the I black guy? I got my eye on yeah. you, Flitlockwood. <laughs> exactly. No, the way, you know, and how he's always, like, bouncing around and, like, doing backflips and stuff. To me, this guy has the same energy. Do not. Do him. not. sit here and talk shit about Mr. T in front of me, alright? I'm not even talking shit, I just think that he has a weird, manic athletic energy and it's strange and he just behaves that way (laughs) (laughs) that is not a comparison that I saw coming 
okay, but I, totally think, I think it's legit. I think it's legit. <laughs> I anyway, it whatever. It's we've already talked too much about that character because yeah, his his importance can, to the plot is is kind of nil. Honestly. We can move on. Yeah. Um, this movie has um. Why does this movie hate good haircuts? Oh my god! Um, uh, Michael J. Fox, bad haircut. Um, the mother of the serial killer girl oh, um, has, as I mentioned in last week's episode, she looks like mom from Futurama. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or Dracula, whichever whichever one you want. Mm-hmm. Um, Dammer's hair. This movie just hates good How haircuts. How he looks like Hitler without a mustache. Yeah. The hair. Uh, yep. Yeah. That has to be intentional. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess. I, I guess. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the, I just, I, what, okay, what else happens? I don't, he has I have, his ghost friends. Uh, I have, uh, two comparisons between the movies. What? <laughs> um, both of them has a, gov- have a government agent who is out for the protagonist. Okay, that's true. Mm-hmm. Good point. Um, <laughs> They both use the line "nice shooting text." What? <laughs> they both do. Yeah, in Ghostbusters oh in the ballroom yeah. scene when Egon is shooting at the bar for way too long, uh, and Bill Murray goes, "Whoa, nice shooting text." And then in this one, it's when um, probably has something to do with uh, the judge. Wow. Um, okay. No. Uh, sp- no. What is it? Speaking of it's the, not judge, about the judge, but it doesn't uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of the judge, um, who I thought, uh, his character design was fun, um, and spooky, I liked him, uh, do you guys know, uh, who was portraying the judge? Uh, John Astin, John Astin, he was Gomez in the original 60s Adams Family, uh, TV series. Oh, I, yeah. Don't know anything <laughs> <I> about <didn't>, that. <laughs> I didn't recognize him because um, I didn't know that actor's name until I um, was pulling up the information uh, for this episode, and that blew my mind. Yeah. Now I can't unsee uh, Texas Zombie Gomez. <laughs> oh, see, I I have never seen that, so I didn't even know what he looked like. And also, I don't like looking at the CGI ghosts for too long because they look really bad. So. Mm-hmm. Know, really Did you know that um, the actress who plays Patricia was a '70s horror scream queen? I did not. Yeah, what was she, she was in, in the original Which... Children of the Corn, amongst other things. Oh, cool! Uh, I knew yeah. she looked familiar, but I'm I'm bad at celebrities from that era. I read she also played the mom in E.T. Oh. Yes. Oh, you're That's right. Not really a scream cre- scream queen role, but still, yeah. Um. Um. So. The ghosts looking terrible. Um, I guess we can talk about how ghosts work in these movies. We got into oh, it with Ghostbusters a little bit. Or don't. I God, the fucking rules it, in this movie. In this, in this movie, uh, you turn into a cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So on, uh, on you, the one hand, your your body, your your ghost form looks like what your body's current like decay state is at, unless you were cremated, I guess, and you could stay young forever. Or yeah, you, you've that manifested work? your ghostly powers well enough. Because apparently mm-hmm. you have to, like, if you can learn to control... It's like fucking Danny Phantom or something. Um, but no, like, because- as Justin was saying, people are frequently, like, getting run over and becoming Looney Tunes characters, like, getting tire tracks in them and then popping back to normal. And, uh, 
Arlie Ermey's character being able to change his clothes and bring out the big guns yep. and vary the mask. Which it's because, like, if he can change his clothes, then why can't Cyrus, who is upset about dying in his 70s, because he outfit, clearly hasn't mastered his ghostly abilities? But they're never shown working on them or explaining how you can master them or or who has and who has. All of the rules in this movie, like, normally I am not one of those people who gets super cinema sins with the rules of movie universes because I don't really care. But, like, if it's going to be this blatant, I'm going to care a little bit because... if the resolution of the plot hangs on the rules of how ghosts works or ghosts work, uh, you need to be a little more clear. Right. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to draw so much attention to it and you're going to have so many plot points hang on this, then they, yeah, the stakes need to be at least clearer. Like it's never, what's particularly unclear to me is like how ghosts can and cannot interact with the physical world. Right. Like, super unclear like they can pick up babies and get run over by trucks but like uh and sometimes michael j fox can grab them and other times he passes straight through them and sometimes he can rip your soul out of your body yeah how did that (laughs) yeah yeah a ghost can just grab your soul and float off with it um it's so it's a did you know inside you there is a spooky ghost (laughs) waiting to be ripped out by michael j fox (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's a ghost inside your skeleton. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Michael J. Fox, call me. I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> I know Michael no, J. But, Fox uh, can rip uh, my soul out anytime he wants. <laughs> when uh, when Frank gets run what? over by the car, this is actually a great uh, a great example. Is Frank gets hit by the car, gets ran over. It's very cartoony. He like deflates and has to pop up. When um, the killer in Grim Reaper form gets hit by the car, he's like carried with it it they go so, they both got hit by the same thing and it worked differently within five yep. seconds <laughs> yep this movie is extremely guilty of the rules work however the plot needs them yep. to work also like, if you're a ghost you can be killed by other ghosts yeah apparently also if when you die the 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 long white tunnel appears to take you to heaven and if you don't take it you have another you have a year but exactly then you have to before go it appears to you again, um, and I, uh, oh, also, I was going to say something else about the tunnel, but it doesn't matter. Also, if you're a ghost and you get machine gunned into putty by another ghost, as long as you get your ghost goop back together, you can continue being <laughs> a ghost. <laughs> it's I. It, mm. <laughs> right like like when what's his face Jockman ray yeah when he gets like shot i guess what is it he shot gets, no ray doesn't get shot he like his ghost form gets like oh, right, it's like it's a ray shot. suit gets dropped on her car uh, yeah like he rips his ghost face off then takes his ghost skin yeah and drops the ghost skin on her car yeah, how the fuck does I don't that know. work? <laughs> he how ripped the... his ghost bones out of his ghost body. <laughs> it, I, just, I mm, the 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 less time you spend thinking about the the quote unquote rules in this movie, the better. It, it's best to just go in and be like, whatever happens, just fucking happens. <laughs> Let's see what my next note is. 
Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, okay. They... <laughs> Oh, this was uh, the point that I was going to make that was related to the, the long white tunnel. Um, you can be forced to take it. Like, so they decide that they have to get Jake Busey's ashes to hallowed ground because uh, spreading them on a hallowed ground will, like, force his ghost to go to the afterlife somehow. Well, also, think... why... No, hold on. Why... <laughs> Why would they specifically decide that they have to go to the chapel in the old abandoned hospital? He said any church, any chapel. Why would they go to that one? Are there no other churches in this town? I refuse to believe that. I had just assumed that it was on, like, near the property at least. It was, like, the nearest place. Um, Because if not, boy, is that stupid. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean even if it wasn't the closest i i have never lived in a town where any given church was more than a couple blocks away i <laughs> this is godless new england though caleb Come on. <laughs> new england was founded as 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 church colonies yeah i mean there were puritans I, because, yes, time, I, but puritans. I can't remember did they drive or walk there i i want to say they drove but it may not have shown. Yeah, I thought they were like running out of the house. I have no idea. If this you look for any mess. kind of logic in this movie, it it it. Oh, I have a question that you're not going to be able to answer. Uh huh. So Frank has three ghosts helping him, right? Yeah. They haunt houses, and Frank shows up, and people pay him money to make the ghosts go away. Why do the those ghosts help Frank? I was wondering do they that just, too. Do they just like him that much? Yeah, why do does they just he have like hanging them? out with him? Yeah. Why haven't they moved on? Is that they don't need anything explains? from him? No, it's not. I don't. I don't think so. And it's implied that like those aren't the first people he's had help him. Yeah. What? What? What do the ghosts get out of this? I. I Are have they no just idea. bored? I don't know. The judge says he wants to. He wants to, you know, move on. And Frank is like, no, no, you can't do that, man. And then, you know what happens because of that? The judge gets ghost murdered. <laughs> but it's okay. If you get ghost murdered, you still go to heaven. Do you? Do you? Oh, yeah, because yeah. Uh, Cyrus and the nerd both ended up in heaven. How the hell do- See, nothing in this movie makes sense. <laughs> so basically, for the I ghosts, guess- the stakes are... There aren't any. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, guess I'll have to go to heaven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. And there doesn't seem to be any clear rules of who does and doesn't get to go to heaven. It's basically like Don't be a murderer. Don't, yeah, don't be, a murderer. be a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> you're fine. Right. I don't Which yeah, talking about hell. Can we talk about that sequence real quick? No. With the with, <laughs> with the, the worms. Snakes tentacle worm things like going in and out of their bodies it was uh... and how the the and how the bright white light turned into the inside of a of a a worm somehow yes so like you're the inside of the worm where there are tinier worms going inside of you and then that worm lives in hell (laughs) because science 
<laughs> Not even to mention that there's apparently no such thing as a god or devil in this universe. It's just... It just is. I don't know. I think there is. I think they make reference really? to it. Yeah. Um, so the nerd whose name I don't remember... Um, says something about like the folks upstairs decided it's you're not it's not your time, and the I folks think upstairs okay. And I, I think guess. Um, Jake Busey. And, and I say that because I don't remember his character's name either. Makes reference to like he makes a deal with the devil to go back to Earth to kill people. Um and like they have to get the ashes back to very specifically a chapel. There's like there is some Judeo Christian. I guess things without directly saying it i guess yeah um, i will say that uh uh this version of hell is a very apt metaphor for 2020 because i too feel like i am inside of a worm inside of a worm <laughs> inside of hell <laughs> uh yeah it uh it mm, i don't know it the st- I think the stakes would feel a lot higher for me if I knew what the fuck was going on at any given point. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? I will I will say some things about this movie that I do and don't like. Um, I know we kind of did that last week. Do it. Um, we forgot to do it. Never mind. I was going to say we forgot to do that for Ghostbusters, but we were doing that constantly throughout yeah. the whole discussion. So, Stephanie. Uh, I do like Michael J. Fox. I um, always love him. Hey, I think, honestly, I didn't really see it before, but weirdly, it was watching this movie, which I don't really like that much, that made me be like, damn, I love me some Michael J. Fox. Like, <laughs> Ah, she's been converted. Whatever. She's been converted. I, I, I don't know. He has, like, he has this energy that I, I find really charming. I love his manic charming. energy. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Like, he always has this, like, how did I describe it on Twitter? bold yet nervous like it's yeah. always like he seems like he's ready to just like jump in and do whatever it takes but also he's like really anxious about it and like his eyes are constantly darting around and he like looks a little unsure of himself like i don't know i just think it's charming um like Love and it's him. weird because like you can tell in this movie that he's like what in his 30s now like he, he's yeah. he's you know definitely a lot older than some of his famous roles and yet he still has that really like boyish look which i don't know it's it's cute i like it um and i liked i liked his character this where he was kind of like not the most upstanding person ever at least initially but he like you know rose to the occasion and everything and ended up saving the day i like that um i, I also liked fucking what's her face lucy yeah i liked her um i i you know contrary to the last movie we talked about i never felt that she was treated in a really like weird sexist way um just mostly she was just like a normal character who like did things mm-hmm. <laughs> and said words <laughs> like the bar is kind of low but i don't know like I, I liked her um and uh some of the comedy lands that's a big sum. Um, a lot of it doesn't. Um, mostly because, like, once again, the the tone is so weird in this movie. Like, it's so slapsticky, but also there will be this really dark shit going yeah. on. 
I don't... It, it moves back and forth like the mummy does, but the mummy does it better. Right, right, mm. right. And this stuff gets, like, actually dark. Like, not just, like, mummies coming back and, like, menacing people, but, like, like murders and stuff. And, like, you like, know. Like, uh, people in a mental asylum being shot in their beds. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like, some it's... dark shit. And, um, but then, of course, what's-his-face, Busey guy, he has, like, the most crackhead energy <laughs> I have ever observed in a single human. Well, Insane. he is a Busey. It's, I don't, I am sure they're great people, but I cannot stand looking at them. They just scare me, like, viscerally. <laughs> just looking into his eyes is like shaking hands with the devil. I, I don't know. It, it's weird. Um, so you're saying great casting. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know it's i guess he was a good casting for that role uh i i i feel like he's a little too silly weirdly as a character to be a convincing grim reaper sort of figure but whatever what do i know um but that kind of brings me to the thing about this movie that i really don't like which is a little less on the nose than the tone issues and that is uh what's her face the the girlfriend i do not like this this twist i do not like this subplot um with the mom yeah this to me this is more of a a meta reason that i don't like it but um i don't know i find the whole twist that it's like all along you're supposed to think that like she was a victim and like you know she was a teenage girl who was manipulated by an older man into a sexual relationship and um all this stuff and now she's living with a mom who for better or worse clearly doesn't treat her well like even if she is a bad person like the the mom clearly is is you know not very kind to her and then the big twist is she was just super evil all along like i don't know that doesn't really work for me yeah there's a whole thing where like lucy wants to help her because she thinks her mom is holding her there against her will and you kind of kind of agree with her because it seems like the mom's being too harsh, blah, blah, blah. Um, quick reminder that it was the state's decision to put her under house arrest, not the mother's. Um, right, but they so treat this it is like a situation she can just leave whenever she wants. Right. Lucy is like, can't. come live with me. And I'm like, this was an order from the governor. Okay, this wasn't the mom's decision. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's then, just kind of ignored. And Yeah, it's totally ignored. And then... Uh, the big twist is that oh, the mom was right to be to be like that all along. I know it's t- I don't know I just find it really unsettling. Like, <laughs> and once again, this is kind of me bringing my real world bias into it. Be you know because I'm very invested in like criminal justice reform and prison abolition and all this stuff. Like I recognize that I'm kind of projecting onto it, but um, I don't know maybe. Like, the reason I don't think the twist really works on, like, a storytelling level, not really affected by my personal bias, is that if you start out with the assumption that she did something evil anyways, which the movie kind of does, like, it kind of plays around with, oh, you know, how culpable was she? But you're still kind of meant to believe that she was involved with the murders. If you're starting out with that assumption, it's not really that effective of a twist to be, like, to just remove the doubt, you know what I mean? Like, if you're already starting out, like, she probably did something bad, and then you just go, yeah, she definitely did something bad. Like, I don't see that as an effective twist. I think it would be more effective if it was a character who everyone believed was a good, innocent person, and then the big twist was, no, it was actually her who was the evil 
person. Like, but the way this one works is basically like this this uh, child essentially uh, <laughs> who was in a relationship with someone who was definitely too old for her and was probably uh, manipulated a lot and then has been under house arrest most of her like entire adult life is just super evil and there you go that's the twist like i don't know that's so weird and depressing to me i don't know i don't well, really like it the uh, uh you're led to believe that um you know the mom is actually the evil one um and then when you find out that's not the case uh don't get me wrong she absolutely doesn't deserve what happens to her with her daughter you know stabbing her to death but also like you very clearly have a mentally ill daughter and you did nothing to get her any type of therapy or support. Yeah, it's so What did you weird. think and was going to happen? Right, and it's like, did the government not mandate some kind of... I mean, this was the 90s. Who even knows if <laughs> how, how good things were going at the time? Yeah, the whole thing is just like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to feel here, you know? Like, am I supposed to just be like, I knew that teenage girl was a murderer the whole time. Vindication, like, or like, oh, the mom who's clearly not a nice person, but I guess she was right to be not a nice person. I don't know. A anyways, the I don't really vibe with this twist. I think there were ways to do the twist that would be more effective. Um, like I've mentioned before, but this is really the only thing about the movie that I really actively dislike. The other kind of stuff is just kind of like, this is messy. <laughs> like, <laughs> so to be fair, the movie actually makes me less annoyed than Ghostbusters, but I also don't think it's as good of a movie as Ghostbusters. So I'm at a kind of weird point with that. <laughs> I don't know. Justin, quick likes and dislikes. Uh... We already talked about Michael J. Fox to death, uh, so I'll, I'll leave that one be, though that is a big reason why I think this movie works. Um, yes. I... I'm just going to sum it up like this, instead of giving specific points. Um, this movie has a lot of, like, dressings and trappings of things that would totally be my shit. Um, I love spooky movies. I love good comedies. Um... And when you can make those two work together, uh, it's one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, I just think this movie uh, did a few things right, and a lot, a lot <laughs> wrong. Yes. Um, and, and that's why, like, I, if after listening to this you're like, okay, this movie sounds wild, I, I need to check it out, I... I recommend giving it a watch, not because I think you're going to, like, walk away being like, man, that was a good movie, but it's just, it is unique yeah. to what it is. Yeah. Uh, there there has not been another Frighteners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no Frighteners, too. And for better or worse, um, probably for the better, there hasn't been another one. It's just... No Frighteners reboot. It, it is very, it's very confused. Um... And it doesn't quite come together well, uh, but there is a lot of charm buried in it. I will give it that. Yeah, I think it's a fun watch. Um, like I said, I don't, I wouldn't say I dislike it so much as that every time I watch it, I'm like, I just don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> like, so. But it is, it is madcap for sure. And like yeah. just wacky shit going on the entire time and pretty entertaining. So I'll, I'll definitely give it that. 
Would you guys like to move into our discussion questions? Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. All right. Let's discuss how each movie handles the afterlife. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, as we mentioned previously, in Ghostbusters, ghosts are more of an echo. of They're, they're a fraction of a consciousness. They're mm-hmm. a singular aspect of an entity left behind to continue doing what it did in life. Um, in The Frighteners, they're just that person, but a ghost. Dead. <laughs> like, <that's... laughs> uh, it's and, you, but and... without a body. And I'm wondering, like, and they don't, they definitely don't explain it in Ghostbusters 2 or the video game. I don't know if they talk about it in the comics or the real Ghostbusters or whatever. Um, But it seems to me like the circumstances of how you die has a lot to do with it. Because, like, the library ghost, that's her. That is that librarian as a ghost until she goes into a spooky mode. Yeah. Uh, But then you have ghosts like Slimer who, like you said, is probably just, like, the uh, one singular essence of some guy who died in the hotel. Um, so it, it, maybe it's how they die. I don't know. Maybe it's where the moon is. Who knows? But also in Ghostbusters, different gods from different religions exist. You know too. what? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to say something about that when we were, when, when we were talking about Ghostbusters. The final... <laughs> The big bad of Ghostbusters is not a ghost. It is a god. Okay. And fortunately for them, apparently scientifically speaking, gods and ghosts work exactly the same. Um, and when they defeat Gozer, do they, should they not earn the title of Godbusters? <laughs> like they- <laughs> Please, we're missing. And it a becomes great an anime for the remakes to be called Godbusters. Yes. yes. <laughs> or give me a limited comic series. It's just like, oh my, where they God. insist people call them the Godbusters. Like, I know that's not as accurate marketing because you know that's a once every couple years kind of deal. You know, Ghostbusting is every day. You know, that's your bread and butter. Once you have killed a god, <laughs> they. You or or even just defeated a god, you have earned the title yes, Godbuster. Defeated because it should be <laughs> clarified. It's it's not exactly clear, um, and it took me multiple watches across my entire life to understand exactly what happens. But they don't kill Gozer; they just reverse the particle flow through the portal, forcing Gozer back through it. So Gozer's form on our plane is destroyed. Yes, and they are sent back through the portal. Um, I don't think Gozer is killed. Um, which was never, I don't know, I never really grokked that before. They'll be yeah. back to goes another day. <laughs> um, anyway, that was, it was the Godbusters. That was all. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, Ghostbusters doesn't really seem to address the afterlife very much. It's no. more just like a parallel dimension. Almost, yeah. Like, a. The Frighteners is very much about the afterlife because we see actual yeah. people who Which, die and then are. That is a very good segue into our next, my next discussion point. Okay. Um, science versus belief. Mm-hmm. Um, in what you just said, you're you're right. It's almost like a parallel dimension. Whereas, uh, Frighteners is much more concerned with the religious afterlife, as it were. Um, and. I don't know. In Ghostbusters, a lot of people who have not experienced ghosts think that they're fakes. 
and I think that the Ghostbusters mm-hmm. are con artists. Um, and, but it's never really, the, the, the point of belief is never really brought up as like yeah. a, a concept or an idea in the movie, even though yeah. people who don't believe in ghosts think they're con artists. So the, right. the, like the, the, the Ghostbusters never say anything about like, you, they never say anything to other people about believing in ghosts or not. Yeah. It's to them. It's about yeah, the scientific uh, reality. I don't. Again, going back to the car scene with Ray and Winston, when Winston says, Ray, do you believe in God? And Ray says, never met him. Like, it is very, <laughs> Ray, is a, uh, Ray is a cold, like, as far as belief goes, like a stone cold uh, scientist. That's like, science is all I believe. Um, which is weird because they started a career hunting go- I know. Yeah, well, to but, be they, fair, but they, they see ghosts as a scientific phenomenon. To be fair, they didn't start a career hunting ghosts until they encountered a fully formed apparition for the first time. Yes, that's um, well, but they were before that. It was they just were research. investigating it. Yeah, they were investigating it as part of a grant. And Ray did say that he had a previous experience. He had been present um, at an undersea mass sponge migration. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you talking about that as his prior experience? Uh, yeah. Yes. Ray, the sponge moves a moved foot and a half. <laughs> Migrated a foot and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not aware of that. But no, it's weird. Uh, Ghostbusters definitely is more science focused, but they touch on the religious aspect a little bit. Well, obviously they fight a god. Yeah. um, But also there, there's that scene with Winston and Ray, and then there is that um, that priest or whatever. Uh, religious figure shows up in the mayor's office. They touch on it there too, but that's that's really it. Other than that, um, it's just like look at these creatures. Yeah, going back to the Ray and Winston conversation, the the way Ray phrases it as "never met him," he didn't say "I don't believe he exists," which is it's that's that's very much a scientist perspective, right? You don't declare yeah. something doesn't exist. You can only declare what you know does exist right like a scientist wouldn't say there are no aliens they would say there is currently as of yet no evidence of Mm. aliens Mm -hmm. right and that's Um, very much how the afterlife quote-unquote which once again we've discussed it's not really even an afterlife as we would generally think of it um so much as just yeah like an alternate dimension now that we're talking about it ghostbusters 2016 uses fairly similar rules for the afterlife as the frighteners because the villain in ghostbusters 2016 kills himself so that he can become a powerful fully sentient ghost oh right he does the electrical thing and then yeah he kills himself and then becomes a powerful ghost which somehow you know happens in the frighteners that you know that's true frank uh medically or induces a medical coma so that he can quote-unquote die and become a ghost to fight because another ghost. Because he had ghost. previously had a near-death experience where he yeah, thank- left his body. Hmm? Thank God that Lucy is, like, a medical professional, because my guy was about to just blow his brains out to save the day. Yep. <laughs> Hon- honestly, that was... That is dedication. That to- was the moment where I was like, oh, I'm kind of into this guy like he was just seriously gonna do it he was just like here i go and i was like slow down but then i was like wow he's really serious my man will do anything to bust some ghosts i love his energy right now (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know. It was just like, I was like, Michael J, no. <laughs> but uh, also, cool. <laughs> so, uh, with, uh, with Ghostbusters, it's probably the best that the ghosts aren't, like, fully sentient, like, regular people. Yeah, that uh, would just be sad. Because you have to think, they're, uh, they're denied an afterlife if there is one, like, crossing over. They live their life trapped in an electronic grid <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awful. With thousands of other ghosts. I know. Yeah. God. I know that has to be unethical <laughs> housing conditions. <laughs> Not that the Reagan era would care. Okay. Uh, let's discuss their, our various antagonists. Mm. Okay. Um, they're both uh, pseudo mythical in that at least for like the first two thirds of the Frighteners, you're led to believe that like the ghosts themselves. The judge goes on a monologue about he's, he's I know who that is. That's that's the Soul Collector. Mm. You know he's been doing what he does since time since before time and yet began. it's not it's like he becomes a sort of grim reaper it's not but... he just takes on the visual appearance of it it's... but for a while we're led to believe this could be you know death himself it's interesting yeah because yeah. it's kind of like there is it's like both both situations they play around with this sort of they play around with the concept of God or the Grim Reaper or death but you never quite see it face to face like in Ghostbusters it's Gozer, you know, but we're not really led to believe that they are the god, they're just a god, you know, right, maybe a all, minor god. In Ghostbusters, all gods are valid. <laughs> Ghostbusters said all gods all matter. All gods matter. <laughs> yeah. um, god. um, and then in the Frighteners, it's like clearly there's someone in charge, but you never see them or, or really hear from them or anything. Uh, but and then for some reason this human ghost is able to just go around doing whatever he wants because the devil decided he could for unspecified reasons. It's it's just like well then Devil's why? Got a devil. Then why aren't more ghosts allowed to come back and do whatever the hell they want? I don't like why this guy in particular because he's a crackhead. Like I don't. <laughs> what? I he don't... scared he, he scared the devil too much, yeah. so he's like, I gotta get this guy out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, oh my god. When at the end of the movie uh, Frighteners, um when right before uh Jake Busey gets uh taken to hell and like all of the ghosts are there like thanking uh Frank for like um getting them justice. I thought those ghosts were going to spend eternity tearing that guy apart kind of like the ending of uh The Corpse Bride. And that would have been way better than CGI worms. <laughs> I think they just wanted to shove their wacky CGI and didn't really put much more thought into it, frankly. Also, this budget's not going to spend itself. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that Bannister could just decide to grab what's her face's soul. Like, he just grabs it, just physically. I guess non corporeally, <laughs> um, and can just I don't. None of this is clear, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Do we have any more points to make comparing the two antagonists? I don't know. That God, it makes me think of that line from that song. Uh, that's like 
what's a mob to a king? What's a king to a god? What's a god to a non-believer? Or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I used to see that. Yeah, I used to see yes. those lyrics on like a bunch of Tumblr edits. And I'm yes. like, that, it makes me think of these two movies. Because it's just like, <laughs> there could be like people being gods, gods being defeated by people, ghosts being gods, gods being ghosts, ghosts being people. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a mess. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. What's what's your next one? I have then? one last one. Okay. How the love stories are handled. <laughs> Cheers. I'll drink to that, bro. <laughs> All right. Excellent discussion. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> All right. Who uh, wants to go first? In Ghostbusters, it's not. Yeah, it's just not and handled. <laughs> and in Frighteners, it's sloppy. It's sloppy, but I kind of like it. I I li- I like. I like it in Frighteners. Um, okay, sorry. The I stuff like... with Ray is sloppy, but I think that yeah. everything with Frank and Lucy is good. Yeah. I think they have a nice, believable relationship. Yeah. Um, and Great he... chemistry, too, by the way. What did you say? Great chemistry. Great chemistry yes. between and, like, the actors. I never, he never crossed the line into skeevy for me. Like, the skeeviest part when was when he was hitting on her in front of her ghost husband. But the movie very clearly wants you to be okay with it because yeah. she wasn't happy with her right. husband. Like, um, And he was mean to Frank. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> the, the scene when Frank is getting taken or is getting arrested um, and he's yelling at her, telling her to to go home and mind her own business and the fact and that like doesn't hurt her or turn her off thank god because i normally hate that bs in movies yeah the 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 being a douche to the girl you like to make her to get her to stay away and the fact that she was like i'm gonna figure out this guy's deal in response to that i don't know i enjoyed it exactly like i yeah i thought that they actually had a nice like sweet kind of low-key relationship um I, like the part where she comes to see him in the the jail, I don't even remember what they talked about. They had like they like hug and stuff. I yeah, don't know. she it was. was nice. She under. I think she like learned the story yeah. or his backstory, and she was saying like she was empathizing like and I understand right, right. Like, what you've gone through. Oh, you know what? They have so much in common. They're both widowers. Woof. <laughs> but also, all I guess <laughs> <laughs> kind of depressing. That's true. They both technically did lose a spouse to. What's his fuck? Um, oh, yeah. They were both murdered by the same ghost. Aw. When you have things in common. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, now, technically, I don't know if Jake Busey's ghost murdered Frank's wife. I think Patricia did it because she physically carved the 13 into his wife's forehead with the box no. cutter. Wait, then how did the, the accident happen? Uh, I think Frank. Okay. The odds no, the, of the accident them ha- happened because of the because argument. Oh, I okay. Hold on. No, no, no. Let's lay I this don't out. Even the, the accident happened. We were led to believe the accident happened because they were in an argument. Okay, Frank's wife was still alive even after being ejected from the car or dragged. So we're led to believe that Frank Busey or uh, not Frank Busey, Jake <laughs> Busey and Patricia happened to be in the area at the time uh, to kill her. Yeah. So we either believe that coincidence, or we follow that thread to. 
Jake Busey's ghost caused the car to run off the road. I assumed that was what it was because it seems really weird to me that the physical human Patricia would just happen to be there. Right. I I'm, don't. That but, that may not be what happened, but that's my headcanon because it makes more sense than they just happen to be there. Does it? Don't we see in Frank's flashback when he's finally like putting everything together and starting to remember the accident? Don't we see the Grim Reaper guy like with his hand in Do her we? chest, and then? I- Patricia walking out and because Patricia did the carving and that's why she took Frank's okay uh, but how could how could Patricia have been there if she didn't if like they hadn't discussed this like uh, did the road just happen to be near the house and Jake BC was like hey I think we got an opportunity let's get over there before the cops show up I I would buy that as much as I buy anything else in this movie (laughs) uh it's once again, it's pointless to even. Try I'm not and make sure. Sense we see this movie. We I, see that that's a scene in the movie, and I just can't remember it clearly. But you you see what Frank actually saw that day, and I can't remember I, exactly what it is. I'm telling you, this movie defies memory. Like you try to <laughs> you try to remember stuff in this movie, and it's like nope. Like it's, you just it's well, you just Stephanie, can't remember sometimes. It. <laughs> Sometimes you see something <laughs> traumatic and then <laughs> it's a, you get it just, ghost it just erases itself from your memory. Yeah, um so anyway, all that is just to say I thought I I did like the romance in this one. I thought it was I thought it was nice. I was fine with it. I didn't have any big problems with it. Which leads us to the other one. I'll wait for you guys. <laughs> Uh, it's it's handled as uh, well. It's not it good. It's handled in every other '80s comedy, and that it's just like guy gets girl. End of story. Yep. <laughs> yep. As any um, '80s comedy or any Bill Murray movie, in which he has a romantic interest. What were men? in the 80s smoking? I need to know because they were smoking something that made them be like. Look, guys, look, this is it. This is it. I've got the formula. Here's the formula. The formula is the man is a total skis, and then he gets the girl. I think it was crack. Yeah, it was the crack. It was all the cocaine. Weed was weak back then, and cocaine was all the rage, so it's just a bunch of dudes being like, all right, we're skeezy. What do we want to see on screen? Skeezy dudes getting the chick. That's literally, that's all it is, like. Every now and then, it's not that, but mostly it is that. Like, it's just, I'm like, what is this? Was this fun to you guys? Like, (laughs) I don't. Okay, so the thing is, like, when it comes to, like, weird, problematic, romantic tropes, I understand the boring, nice guy gets the girl way more than I understand this one. Like, I totally understand how the nerdy screenwriters in Hollywood would self-insert into that role of, like, the super boring childhood friend guy ends up getting the girl against all fucking odds way more than i understand the suave confident douchey guy gets the girl like how i don't know who's self-inserting into that like douchey guys don't watch movies i'm just kidding but it's (laughs) but like i don't i don't get that at all i don't get why it was such a big thing like was that just what people wanted to see at the time justin <laughs> Justin I, was a well-known douchey guy. Look, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, 
Look, man. Just kidding. Uh, I have I have no idea. Uh, but this is the first time. Uh, because I knew we were gonna talk about it. This is honestly the first time I've even thought about the romance in Ghostbusters. <laughs> Justin. Men continue to disappoint. I'm just kidding. I love you, buddy. Um. I love you too. Look, all Stephanie is saying is someone with that hairline and that personality does not get Sigourney Weaver. I'm sorry. If you look like Bill Murray, no offense to Bill Murray, you better be the nicest fucking dude to that woman. Like, because if you're not, I'm just never going to believe that you're going to get Sigourney Weaver. No. No. Or, um. Or. Groundhog Day. Oh, uh, Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell. Yeah, like, it's, no. I, it's, mainly, I don't like it because I don't understand why it's there, kind of. It's like, if he was being douchey and there was, like, a reason for that, and it was, like, developed over the course of the movie, I think it wouldn't bother me as much. But it's just like he's douchey, and then he just is, and then that's they why, get together. That's why he got so much work. People wanted Bill Murray to play Bill Murray in a Bill Murray movie. I um, so you have to think their entire romance happens in three scenes. That's it. Uh, uh the scene well, where she shows up and he ends up going to her apartment. Then the scene where he gives her the update on the name Zool. Yep. And that's where she seems to kind of like warmed up to his Bill Murray form of charm. I'm just and saying then the her musician friend was so much cuter. Like he was really cute. And then the whole thing is like, look at this stodgy musician guy. He's not a viable sexual candidate, but here's Bill Murray and his hairline who definitely is like, I, oh. Just a small note on that scene. I've always loved the shot where Bill Murray is like sp- twirling around in sync with the dude on the roller skates in the background, and they're both wearing mm-hmm. orange. I did I don't not know why. notice that. I just like that shot. <laughs> I also like his intro into that scene where he's doing that little like one leg skip. Yeah, yeah. By the fountain. <laughs> yeah. It. It. I mean, I'm not. No one expects the ghost, but the Ghostbusters. Um, no one expects Ghostbusters the movie to be some kind of femme gaze storytelling like no one expects that it's just that i guess i don't really see the point it's like if you wanted these two characters to get together why not have him be nicer to her and if you don't want him to be nicer to her why not have him develop before they get together i just i don't understand it i don't really understand what the point was i even from a non-problematic perspective i don't get what they were going for you know what i mean Ah. <laughs> no, I, like I feel yeah. That no, that is like uh, that is the most underdeveloped part of an otherwise tight script. Is it's completely shoehorned. It's just to have the hero gets the girl ending, and it. I I agree. It doesn't really doesn't really work. I love Dana. Um, but well, yeah, I like her as a character. Any character in the movie, and the plot would have stayed the same. Like, you know what? <laughs> Dana would make a great lesbian. Um, let's make a reboot where Dana's lesbian. Let's sh- we'll ship Dana and Janine now. Yeah, that works for me. Um, Egon can come too. No. I'm fine. If, I'm fine if he comes along. Uh, I was about to say Egon still has to be invited. <laughs> oh, I'm fine with that. Absolutely. You know what? Just let him get all all the bitches, and Vegman gets none. 
I'm cool with that. <laughs> I like that ending. Uh, all right. Um, any any more, Caleb? That's, no, that is all of my discussion questions. <laughs> um. Yeah. All right. I'd say that is probably the most extensive discussion anyone has ever done on the Frighteners. <laughs> Yeah, please. I, I hope we lead to some people actually watching The Frighteners and getting some discussion going about it for better or worse. <laughs> I would just love would to that hear be more of a discussion opinion. or a support group. <laughs> yeah, honestly, people who don't understand or people who can't remember The Frighteners despite having seen it the day before. Yeah, no, I'm I'm about it. Okay. Um, what do you think, guys? I think that's about it. I think we can wrap up here. My name is Caleb. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at actual underscore Caleb. Uh, my name's Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at Steph has no name and on Letterboxd at raise left boob. My name's Justin. You can find me on all social media at blame it on Butler and you can find the show on Twitter at sounds familiar. Yep. Like comment and subscribe i get uh, follow and hit that bell oh yeah. wait that's youtube good night everybody <laughs> night love ya thank you so much for listening to our show you can find us online on twitter and instagram at sounds familiar if you'd like to get in contact with us drop us a line at sounds familiar at gmail.com We'd like to thank our friend Chelsea for our logo. Be sure to check her out on Instagram at ChelseaBHDesigns. We'd also like to thank Shane Quick for our theme music. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. We'll see you next time on Sounds Familiar.